Welcome to Badass Lady Folk. I'm your host, Christine Stoddard. And my guest this episode is Ash Patlin. Hi, Ash. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I am so happy that I met you for the production of Mia Abuela, Queen of Nightmares at the oh. Tank, my play that was directed by Fiamma Piacentini, who has been on the show. She was on our first ever video episode. She is a delight, as you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, something that you told me... I think right around the time we opened mm -hmm. was how unusual that show was for you in yeah. your career, how it was a first. So yeah. could you talk about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it was the first time I've ever been in a show where it's strictly like the the, the good amount of the body work that I did in the show was not talking <laughs> and not, you know, I, I think I had, what it, I had one line <laughs> in yes. the whole show. Um, yeah. And so it was like my it was my body telling the story. And I had never been a person that has really felt like my body was, I don't know, like I didn't really feel connected to it. Um, part of that was um, an illness that I had when I was 17. I had cancer. And um, ever since, even though, you know, I'm very grateful for the three years that I had, you know, battling it and, you know, that they... the. the people did everything that they could to, you know, give me the medicines that I needed to, you know, to be well alive and well like I am today. Even though I'm very grateful for that, I've found that even, you know, even through my survivorship, like it's very hard for me to connect to this vessel. Mm. And um this was the first time where, you know, my body was like it was the star of, you know, of the role that mm -hmm. I was playing and um getting myself to connect to that in order to tell the story. It was a battle in itself, but I'm so very grateful for it. And it made me love me mm -hmm. in ways that I never thought I could. And so I'm so, I'm just so deeply grateful for it. <laughs> it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Aw, yeah, and we were so happy to have you. <laughs> you had also mentioned to me that it was the first time that at least from what I remember, yeah. it was the first time that you had been cast as a Latina playing a Latina. Yes. So could you talk about that? Oh, absolutely. As you as you can probably tell, <laughs> I um, am very light-skinned, and um, this hair is not my normal color. It's like usually like a lighter brown color. And so I am very, um, you know, I, I pass as white a lot of the time. And, um, or, you know, ambiguous. And people are like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's, like, very confusing. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, and they just kind of put me in whatever role. They're like, yeah, I guess you could do that. And, then, um, and that's kind of just been the, you know, the go-to my whole acting career. And so... Um, it wasn't until like the very first time that I ever did anything where it was um, close to, you know, I'm Mexican, uh, close to my, you know, background was when I wrote my own play and starred in it at Actors Theatre of Louisville during my apprenticeship. Um, and that was because I gave myself that platform mm. and um, like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, I can do this. No, 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 no. I, you know, I should be able to play what, you know, what I am. And. I, I don't have to fit into whatever mold people already have set for me. Like I can, I can do, I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. And so, um, doing that kind of gave me when I when I came across the notice for your, for your play, I'm just like, no, no, I can do that. I can absolutely <laughs> do this. And and somebody, you know, just like I saw it myself, somebody else will see it, and somebody else will see it and be like, yeah, no, 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 you absolutely deserve to look the way you do and be represented on that stage, just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that 
in terms of colorism and ideas about color, that's something that definitely comes up on the Salvadoran side of my family where mm. uh, my mom is, I mean, she's olive, but she's still light olive, yeah. right? She is a light person. Yeah. <laughs> there are people in her family who would be considered brown, mm. but they are not the majority <laughs> by any yeah. means. Very, very light olive family. Mm -hmm. And people will ask where she's from because they hear the accent. Mm. But it's almost never based on physical appearance. Or if mm. it is, it's because she is ambiguous to them, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can definitely relate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and so it, it was really hard for me to see myself in there until I, I'm just like, you know what? If no one else is going to give me the opportunity, I'm going to give myself that opportunity. And mm -hmm. if I give myself that, maybe I'll start to believe it louder mm -hmm. and really go for the things, you know, that I want to do. And someone else will see that in me as well. Yeah. And yeah. That's kind of just what happened with that. And I remember at the audition, which for listeners and viewers, <laughs> uh, we noticed you because you were so poised and just strength really came across I would say more like the poise for sure but strength even more so just really was visible mm -hmm. and as you know in in the audition we were in a dance studio and everyone was going through movement exercises that mm -hmm. were not strictly dance but things that did require the body and being creative with the body uh, and yeah I was just really struck with how you moved ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's i don't know that's just so surprising to me because like that was i think that was the first audition ever um well i you know i just come back from taking uh you know that uh, you know that whole pandemic time yeah. you know that time to you know get back into the swing of things i took that whole time to go back go back home and just kind of like reset and, uh, you know, reevaluate if I really wanted to do this whole acting thing. Mm. And um, I'm like, no, this is what I love. I'm going to go do it, but I'm going to give it all I got. And so it was my first audition back. It was my wow. very first audition back. And I'm just like, well, you know, it's something I want to do. It's something, a beautiful, like, it, it, it sounds like a beautiful story. It sounds like it's going to be a beautiful experience. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, a movement role. I've never done that before. <laughs> I want to kind of be out of, you know, my element and try something new. And, yeah, I'm afraid of moving my body, but I don't care. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was the first time where I'm just like, you know what? I am, this is mine. This body is mine. Mm -hmm. This vessel is mine. And it deserves to be seen. And I don't care what happens in the audition. In the audition, I'm just gonna give it everything I got and just go for it. And yeah, I, I'm just like really, I'm really just like wow. I'm I'm a little bit in shock that you said that because I'm just like wow. No, if you really think it, it really does come across. <laughs> yeah. Like if you believe it, other people will as well. Yeah. No, it's true. Confidence <laughs> in yourself and confidence before others makes such a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are ways that you? try and make yourself feel more grounded in your body today do you have mm. any special rituals or habits or advice for others yeah um well today I like I said you know with going through cancer going through all of that and just accepting my body the way that it is the, it moves the way that it does because of the experiences that I've gone through that this is 
all those like you know trials made me who I am today and like that deserves to be seen Mm -hmm. I I've just really you know before any audition or anything I just kind of reconnect back to those thoughts and like Mm -hmm. no this is my body this is my instrument I'm going to use it to tell a story and Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the right story it's my story and Mm -hmm. it's my version of this story so um, I think just you know having that thought and just saying what whatever however I move in this space it doesn't matter because it's right and it doesn't matter if they think it's right I think it's right and that's all that that that's all that should even matter and Mm -hmm. just kind of getting into that you know mantra space (laughs) before I do any audition I think that that's kind of the way my way in yeah thank you for being so vulnerable (laughs) talking a little bit about your cancer experience I I'm wondering what it was like to go through that at such a young age and there's so many misconceptions that cancer is something that only happens to old people right so uh, how was it being in in your teens mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> going through something that yeah so many people just assume is reserved for people who are at least 55 <laughs> right um yeah it, it was such a weird jarring experience like to the point now though I'm like wow that really happened like that was a real thing that happened um but yeah it, it was um it was crazy I had just I remember when they when I got sick they had just told me um, like a week before that um, I made the musical theater company at my high school <laughs> and I oh, I wanted to be on that company so bad. I had trained every day, like I set aside every day after school, like 20 minutes to an hour for me to like practice my uh, singing, practice my dance and practice my uh, monologue just so I could, you know, like maybe make the team the next uh, the next year. And yeah, every day after school, I set aside my, t- you know, my time to do that. And then came the day of the audition and I like danced my little heart out. I sang my little heart out. I did everything I, I needed to. And then I find out I make the company. And then the next week they told me I had cancer. Jeez. And um I'm such a weirdo. Um, <laughs> no, I really am. Um, uh, normally, okay. Well, I was sitting there in the in the doctor's office, right? And they they tell me I had cancer. And like, what are the things a normal person thinks of? They think of, oh no, this is going to be like this is devastating to not just me. This is devastating to my family. This is devastating to, you know, our money situation. Like, what it, what is chemo? What does that look like? Am I going to live? Um, and these are like just, you know, the, the thoughts that would normally race through a normal person's mind. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I thought of in that moment after they told me that I was dying and that I had cancer was um, the only thing that came to mind was, oh, no, I had just made productions company. I, I'm not going to get to perform. <laughs> what? And yeah, that was kind of that was the moment where I knew that my love for for acting for this art was bigger than me it, mm-hmm. it was it transcended me it was so much a part of me that here I was in the face of death and this was the only thing I could think of and yeah and I'm like and I told I looked myself in the mirror after the doctor left I went to the restroom and I kind of looked at myself in the mirror I'm like okay this person that you're looking back back at uh, she's sick they mm-hmm. you know but you're you're not gonna go anywhere Mm -hmm. like you're you're gonna do everything 
that you set out to do. You're not going to leave until you do every single goal that you have in your heart. And, um, yeah, you're, you're going to get to act in all the shows that you wanted to. You're going to keep going. And one day you might even win a, an Oscar. You know, you never know. Um, but you're not going anywhere tonight. And you're not going anywhere tomorrow. And you're going to live. And I kind of made that decision then and there. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to do everything I want to. And so, um, yeah, that whole year I performed in four shows. Wow. Um, no understudy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, that was insane back then. Um, I would, uh, so uh, like a typical day would be me going to, um, math class or English class in the morning, leaving halfway to, um, go get chemo, go to the hospital, go get chemo. I would come back finish said math class, finish like the whole day, go do a dance rehearsal and then perform a full show that night. Whoa. And I would do that and I would just do it. And yeah, because I I knew that whenever I stepped out on that stage, like that was it. I was not sick. There was nothing wrong with me. I was just me just Mm -hmm. doing the thing that I believe I was set out here to do. So yeah, and yeah, I just kind of kept that mentality. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever I face from here on out, that that's nothing compared to what I went through back then. Hmm. And so, but yeah, it was that pure love of art, that pure love of, you know, of telling a story that um, it was so big to me that um, it transcended any pain that I felt. It transcended anything that I thought I couldn't do. And yeah, I'm all the better for it. Yeah. <laughs> what did your family say about you wanting to continue to perform? Yeah. Um, oh, my poor mother. You can only oh. imagine. Like, I was just dragging this lady along, <laughs> just doing, you know, to all these auditions, like from the hospital, you know, after getting chemo, just straight to an audition room. I, I'm so, I'm so sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> I, I put her through so much. I remember uh, there was one particular instance where, um, there was an audition for Cymbeline at my school. And uh, they uh, had us, well, because they knew I had to be in hospital for about a week to get a certain type of chemo that took about a week to administer. Wow. Um, yeah, they because of that, they're like, yeah, you can audition before. And then um, after that, you know, we'll see how you are after that. But, hmm. but yeah, you're more than welcome to audition before you have to go to the hospital. And so I'm like, okay. So I went and I did my audition. I didn't think anything of it. I went to the hospital that, you know, that evening. And, you know, I was just sitting tight in my hospital bed, you know, just like sipping my juice, having my IV, you know, run. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, every Everything's good. And then I look at my phone and I see that I got the callbacks and that the callbacks were the next afternoon. What? And, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure they would have made like some sort of like arrangement for me to do a callback later or something. But I was crazy back then, mind you. I, you know, <laughs> very crazy. So I'm like, hey, doc. What are the odds that um you know I can I can leave out of here you know get out of here before noon tomorrow what are what are the odds of that and he's like there is no way there is no way you're gonna pee all of this medicine out of your system in order for you to make that and I look him straight in the eye I'm like you want to bet <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that night I just like downed like so my body weight in water I downed so much wow. water and I. Like, like I said, I was dragging my poor mom along. She had just finished like a full shift at the hospital. And like here she was straight from work coming with me to walk across, you know, uh, just 
across the whole floor of the of the unit that I was in at the hospital and just like following me with the little IV stick. I'm like, come oh. on, mom, I got to work this out of my system. She's like, okay, mija, all right, I'll follow you. And so she would just do that with me. And so, yeah, until I got it all out of my system and they discharged me the next morning at 8.45. Wow. And so I just went straight to school after that and then I did my, my, my call back. But wow. yeah. So with yeah. that level of perseverance, yeah. I was a little bit taken aback when you said, oh, and then in 2020, I went home and I was questioning, should I still be doing this? Yeah. So what planted that doubt? Was it just the, un- not just, but was it the uncertainty of the pandemic or were there other motivations? I think all of us can relate to a time that... Um, we, question, we have that imposter syndrome. Yeah. There was definitely a moment there because, you know, everything was fine. I was um, working as a child guardian off-off-Broadway. I had appointments with certain agents, and they, you know, they were expecting me. Like, everything seemed to be fine. I, I was, I did, like, a, like, the week before the pandemic hit, I was doing a, um, it was a workshop with Kristen Chenoweth. Um, for like an undisclosed musical um, that never, unfortunately, never got to see the light of day. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I was doing a child guardianship for that. And um, yeah, everything was good. And then it hit. And I think with that time um, where we all had to um, reevaluate everything, you know, with the loss of our jobs, with the loss Mm -hmm. of, you know, opportunities and everything, we kind of had to reevaluate who we are, what we believe in. And where, you know, we, how we see ourselves and where we are in this world. And I had just a lot of doubts. I'm like, okay, I'm going home uh, because I just lost my job. I lost all these opportunities. Mm. And who am I? Like, what am I? Like, can I do this? Like, what is the industry even now? Like, I I don't even know what that is. It's funny that you mentioned that, um, you know, that strength that I previously had and how that kind of, you know, snowballed into this time where I'm just kind of lost. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because like I myself was thinking that every day. I'm just like, how did I, how did this girl that, you know, went through so much and still came out on top, like how, why is she, you know, like having this crippling sense of like doubt, like mm-hmm. this crippling sense of who am I? What am I doing? Do I even know how to act? Like, well, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, I think it's um, part of being human. It's mm-hmm. part of us, you know, just how we are naturally, just, you know, always questioning, always wondering if we're doing the right thing, if we're on the right path, if, um, yeah, if this is what we're supposed to do. And I'm kind of grateful for it because had I not that had that time to self-reflect and really kind of go back to, you know, back to square one, um, I don't think I would have had the strength to, you know, have that sense of confidence that I have now in my performance and, you know, and that sense of confidence I have in myself um, enough to the point where, you know, we eventually got to meet, you know, because <laughs> we got to work to, uh, on a project together. Like if I, if I didn't have that time to, to fix those you know, mistakes that I kept making or those bad habits that I had in me, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely normal for us to kind of reevaluate, but to not let that defeat us because we're going to rebuild and we're going to, you know, make that foundation even stronger than it was before. Yeah, that was beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. So how would you define yourself as an artist today? What mm. are some of your guiding principles? 
I think um, honesty mm. and transparency are at the root of everything I do now. I'm unapologetically myself. Yay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. And that was something that I felt like I always had to hide before. Mm. I'm just like, yeah, like my body doesn't move naturally or doesn't move like the way it should. It, or it gets really tired. But I'm like, you know what? That's because I went through hell and back and mm -hmm. I survived it. And this is who I am now. And I think just really owning that. Yeah. Not being afraid to be 100% myself and everything mm -hmm. that I do and knowing that it deserves to be seen also beautifully said <laughs> okay what are the kinds of stories that you want to tell or have a hand in telling I think stories of you know I, I really gravitate gravitate towards stories of the underdog mm. of people that um don't really get to have their stories told um this is kind of why I wrote my for uh, the first play that I wrote. I wrote um, about um, a young Mexican immigrant who wanted, you know, was leaving her home, uh, crossing the border to find a better life. And I, you know, back then I felt that her um, stories like that, you know, they only see it like they're very villainized, mm -hmm. and uh, you don't really get to see the humanity. And so I really focused on uh, when I wrote it. I really focused on the humanity of the story, and it's not just black and white. That there is a gray area in there, and yeah, I think that those are the kind of stories that I tend to really like, you know, really dive into. And I, yeah. I, that's all I want to do, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. We are recording just before New Year's Eve. <laughs> I was the insane person who asked Ash to record with me on Friday, De December 29th. So I can't help but think toward the new year, as mm -hmm. so many of us do. And I'd love to know what dreams you have for 2024 um, any goals you might feel comfortable sharing yeah. or if there are any changes in your mindset that you've noticed recently that you hope you're really going to embrace in this new year? Yeah. Um, so recently, and it's actually thanks to your show. <laughs> yeah, Thanks to me, Abuela, <laughs> and my whole experience there and, you know, rediscovering my body. And like I started uh, immediately after I started taking dance classes and I had never Yay. taken a dance class before. And um I was terrified to do so and I was so scared and I'm like I'm not a dancer what am I doing <laughs> and um but I stuck through it and um I feel fairly confident going into mm. a dance room now and so to embrace that um I, I think that whole mentality of being even though you're afraid of something sticking through that fear and just keep going and until you reach the goal that it is you know whatever it is that you want I feel like that's that that feeling of like I faced my fear and I can do anything is like one of the greatest things you could ever feel and so um yeah I'm just gonna charge through this next year having fear of you know like a uh, failure of course you know like oh what if I don't get this what if I don't do that having that fear and just you know charging through it anyway um mm. so in everything that I do no matter how scary I'm gonna keep going and yeah yeah that's kind of what I want this next year to be about I want to do scary things and things <laughs> that are are really frightening to me you know me and my poor little um I'm not very extroverted I'm like my very introverted self like I just want to charge through all of it and 
I, I, I want to make my parents proud, especially my poor mother. Um, oh, I, I, she, unfortunately, herself right now is going through, uh, she has uh, mesothelioma right now. So mm. she's going through her own cancer battle. And um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I, I made a promise to her before I left home this last time for, you know, I went home for the holidays. And just right before I left, I looked her in the eye and I'm like, Mom, I'm going to make you proud. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is this next year, but I'm going to give it everything I got and I'm going to make you proud. So I don't know. I, I just keep that, you know, that look of my mom, um, her little her little teary eyes. I just keep that at the back of my mind and I'm going to charge through this next year with that in mind. Yeah, I think that that sort of closeness to parents and like, the devotion and wanting to make our parents proud is something that uh, it seems like every Latin culture has. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that not every culture has <laughs> that, right? Like on my Anglo side, that is definitely not how, like the wasp side of the family. That is not how things function. Yeah. People rebel. People are like, yeah, they do what they want to do. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I think I, I definitely relate to what you're saying about mm. wanting to make your mom proud. And mm. I'm sure she is so proud of you. And she's just mm. that that love and pride is only going to grow. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'll work hard, mom. <laughs> I'm curious, what kind of dance class was it? Uh, it was a hip hop class. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying yeah (laughs) oh my gosh i know i know why because it was scary it was scary and it looked cool yeah yeah, it looked really really cool have you taken any kind of dance class before no (laughs) okay like really nothing yeah theater school nothing uh just movement classes you know just like the stereotypical um actor movement classes Mm -hmm. just those yeah nothing else (laughs) in my back pocket but you were like maybe ballroom maybe (laughs) swing Hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> I know. Wow. And was there any kind of public performance or presentation at the end of it? Or oh, there was. Ooh. <laughs> I so something uh, the Patlin family does every Christmas is that we have our own Christmas talent show. Ah. And that kind of is like our little showcase to each other. Um, there's so many of us. There's like 20, 30 of us at home. <laughs> um, yeah, just our little showcase to each other of like what was the skill that you developed throughout this year that you want to show everyone. And yeah, everyone participates, even the dogs. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to do this thing. And um, yeah, my, my sister, who was a dancer, my, my eldest sister, um, she's a, been a dancer her whole life. Um, she used to like kind of pick on me when we were kids and she's like, yeah, you, you'll never be as good as a dancer as I am. Like, what are you doing? Ha ha. So it was kind of like a childhood trauma that I had of dancing in public. And, um, like I, and you know, I, of course, like we forgive our siblings after the horrible things, you know, that we go through (laughs) together, like, you know, in growing, like, yeah, we all, we have all done something, you know, like thrown something at someone's head, (laughs) you know, all of us have done that. Um, but, um, yeah, so like I've, I've forgiven her and, but like I, I did my dance and she started crying and she's <gasps> like, I am so sorry for the things that I've done to you in the past and that this was something that, um, 
you know, that that traumatized you. So like in that moment, I'm just like, oh, so it wasn't just something that I was going through as a kid. It was something she was going through, too, because she remembers all the tormenting that she did to me. And it's something that haunted her as well. And I felt like, you know, in me doing this dance, that both of us kind of healed that inner child and that both of us are like. It's okay now. So yeah, it kind of, yeah, one thing leads to another, doesn't it? Gosh, well, yeah. that is all the time we have. Thank you so much. My guest has been Ash Patlin. I am your host, Christine Stoddard, here on Badass Lady Folk. Watch us Thursdays, 1 p.m. on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Listen to us on Radio Free Brooklyn, Fridays at 9 a.m. Or find us on YouTube and podcast platforms anytime. Tune in next time.